0: Ibec, the voice of Irish business.
1: Welcome back to Ibec Response, a podcast series where we provide timely and up-to-date analysis and insights from Ibec experts on topical issues as they emerge. World leaders and policymakers have descended upon Sharm el Sheikh in Egypt to attend the 27th Annual Conference of the Parties of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, also known as COP27. Over the next few weeks, we will be releasing a mini series of episodes focusing on the proceedings at COP27. Today, we are joined by Dr. Neil Walker, IBEC Head of Infrastructure, Energy and Environment who will outline the programme for COP27 and the key areas for business.
0: Welcome to the first of this year's IBEC Response podcast miniseries, covering COP27, the United Nations Climate Change Conference taking place in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, from the 6th until the 18th of November. I am Dr Neil Walker, IBEC Head of Infrastructure, Energy and Environment. As IBEC reported in its previous podcasts from Glasgow, The big issue last year was getting some of the world's biggest economies, notably India and China, to make credible commitments on halting and reversing their rising greenhouse gas emissions, and on getting an end to coal-fired generation. This time round, the focus will be on consolidation of previous commitments, but more especially on the need for greater certainty and urgency on delivering the $100 billion worth of funding previously promised by richer countries to enable the poorer ones to invest in adaptation in the face of economic damage and health hazards due to ever more frequent extreme climate events. It's been slow to materialize, and many vulnerable countries would argue that the promised amount is not nearly enough given what we now know about the scale of the problems. Perhaps this is why some observers have dubbed it the African COP. Notwithstanding that two previous ones, Durban in 2011 and Marrakesh in 2016, have taken place on that continent. The Egyptian COP presidency, which now takes over the mantle from the UK, is hosting a two-day opening event for heads of state, labelling it the Climate Implementation Summit. There will be six high-level moderated round tables, one of which will be about clean energy, including the future for hydrogen. But the other five will cover pressing societal issues, such as the just transition, food security, innovative finance for climate and development, water security, and the sustainability of vulnerable communities. Just to recap that COP is the acronym for Conference of Parties. There are nearly 200 states that have signed up to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. The annual negotiations take place between representatives of those parties with the EU acting as one unified body on behalf of member states. Perhaps a bit well less well known is the UN Convention on Biological Diversity. The EU again is a party to that convention acting on behalf of member states. The next meeting, which is called COP15 part 2, will take place in Montreal, Canada early next month. The UN position is that the global biodiversity and climate crises are closely linked in terms of man-made causes and adverse social impacts. Arresting the rise in average land and sea temperatures can help to slow the alarming rate of extinction of thousands of plant and animal species. In passing, it's worth noting that an Irish citizens' assembly on biodiversity loss was convened by the government earlier this year. It's met several times, most recently last weekend, and it's currently considering more than 300 written submissions, mainly, it has to be said, from individuals and environmental organisations. IBEC chose not to make a submission, but it did contribute to one drafted by the National Water Forum and Forum Ishka. But coming back to COP27, what should the Irish government and Irish businesses be looking for as outcomes? The scope of topics is very broad indeed, covering issues such as adaptation and resilience, capacity building, climate finance, education, land use and the oceans. Helping poorer countries with innovation through a technology transfer is desirable, but there are concerns over the protection of intellectual property rights, and this may become even more sensitive in the context of an imminent US-China trade war and restrictions on exports of advanced microchip technology. The Irish government will be represented at COP27 by Taoiseach Michal Martin and Minister for Foreign Affairs Simon Coveney at the start of week one, with Minister for Environment Eamon Ryan attending in week two. The Government's position on climate action, underpinned by our ambitious national climate legislation, is aligned with that of the EU negotiators, who intend to push for a concrete and increased effort to tackle the aforementioned twin climate and biodiversity crises, including by ending inefficient fossil fuel subsidies, phasing down coal and reducing methane emissions. The broader UNFCCC objective of limiting global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial times now looks almost unachievable, but the EU intends to continue leading by example. Despite restrictions on Russian gas imports, which have resulted in the temporary deferral of closure of coal-fired generation in several member states, possibly including Ireland, the stated ambition in the European Green Deal remains for Europe to become the first climate-neutral continent by 2050. We hope to get further insights from a member of the European Commission negotiating team as the conference gets underway. And, like last year, we'll be inviting Minister Ryan to reflect on the outcomes once the conference has concluded. IBEX's own position on climate action, underpinned by our previous low carbon roadmap and our ongoing assessment of how best to deliver the country's sectoral carbon budgets is largely aligned with that of other employer federations affiliated to business europe its delegation for the cop is registered as an official observer and our collective aspiration can be summarized in four key messages that are set out in more detail on business europe's website they are firstly that to be a strong actor internationally, the EU must maintain European competitiveness and climate ambition in the context of a severe energy crisis, making progress at home by finalising its ambitious Fit for 55 package so that it will reach its 2030 targets, whilst at the same time safeguarding the EU's economic capacity to make that transition. Secondly, In order to unlock further commitments on higher mitigation ambition, the EU should be willing to constructively engage with other parties on providing financing for measurable action, particularly by the least developed countries, the so-called LDCs. And I personally hope that this outcome will not be jeopardized by the prospect of a global recession driven in part by the Ukraine conflict and its impact on electricity and gas prices. We intend to discuss this with the representative of one or more of Ireland's non-governmental organisations involved with international charitable aid work. Third, COP27 must make significant progress towards closing the ambition gap between the EU and several of its trading partners all the G20 countries should agree to similarly ambitious 2030 targets in their nationally determined contributions, as well as credible long-term decarbonisation strategies to underpin them. And fourthly, a slightly technical point regarding Article 6 of the 2015 Paris Agreement, which relates to cooperative mechanisms between parties, negotiators must finalise the operating rules and ensure the necessary transparency and reliability of the system. Otherwise, we'll have to do it all in Europe and there'll be no point in trying to encourage mitigation elsewhere in the world where it may be easier, more cost effective. Uh, And this is all tied up with the international financing objective. At the moment, the framework is unduly fragmented. I'm hoping to discuss this along with other business specific topics with um, EY's observer at the COP, Stephen Prandeville. So to sum up, there will be opportunities for you to hear from a range of guest speakers from Ireland and further afield, but perhaps you'll be relieved to learn that this time round, I won't be the sole IBEC voice. Indeed, you can look forward to contributions from several of my IBEC colleagues in our Dublin and regional offices, including the one in Brussels. I do hope you enjoy listening to them as well as to me over the next two weeks. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of IVEC Response. Make sure to stay tuned for further episodes on COP27 over the coming weeks.